0: underway what's up everybody welcome to the week 17 action network podcast presented by FanDuel. today we've got our player projections for week 17 i'm your host chris raybon joining me as always one of the top fantasy rankers in the game sean kerner sean
1: what's going on what's up I uh, hope you had a happy holiday and hope you're uh, enjoying the cold back uh, back east right now i'm not enjoying the cold it's, uh <laughs> It's been pretty
0: bad, but I did have a good holiday, and I hope everyone out there uh, listening had the same. Today, we're going to, of course, jump into our top five at each position. We'll talk some guys we're high and low on, and we'll throw out some props, so let's get right into it. Who are your top five quarterbacks for week 17?
1: So I got uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. I have Jalen Hurts number three right now, uh, assuming he returns, and then Justin Fields and Justin Herbert. I got uh, Allen, Mahomes, Fields,
0: Burrow, and Kirk Cousins, number five. Wow, Kirk Cousins, nice. All right, uh, who are you high
1: on? High on Aaron Rodgers um, in that Kirk Cousins game. Uh, He's my QB9 to open the week. And as we saw, Daniel Jones came through for us last week with a big game against the Vikings defense. They have now allowed 300 or more passing yards in eight of the last 10 games. Uh, Rodgers, of course, he has yet to clear that this year. But he should be able to, you know, finish closer to his ceiling at least. And Green Bay, ha- right now, they have the third highest team total of the week. So this is mainly just his upside of getting, you know, two or more passing touchdowns. This rank also does depend if Christian Watson is able to suit up this week. If he- if he's ruled out, you know, I'll probably bump Rogers down a bit. So this is certainly pending uh, Watson's status this week.
0: Yeah, that Vikings defense does not say oh, <laughs> I am high on Cousins. Uh, As I mentioned, I have ETR QB7. I like him as a top five quarterback this week. Uh, You look at his past three games, thrown at least. He's thrown 425. Then he went for 460, another 299, uh, and three scores last week. So this Vikings team is throwing. I think they want to get Justin Jefferson that record. So Green Bay defense doesn't scare me too much. I think Tua part of what happened in the second half was him being concussed cuz he just threw a couple of passes right to right to green bay uh, but uh they're they're weak on the ground and uh, i think they'll give up some to the through the air
1: to cousins as well and what should be a pretty high scoring game yeah and man getting tj hawkins in at tr- midseason trade was just massive he is such a beast so i mean just him being there raises uh, cousins floor and ceiling massively yep all right who are you low on um, I'm low on our boy Gino Smith, man. Um, you know, he faces the Jets this week, so he's my QB 15. The ECR, for some reason, you know, he's QB 11. I just don't see how he would be a QB 1 option this week. Um, like I said, this is a tough matchup against a very good Jets defense. Um, so, Gino could struggle this week, especially if Tyler Lockett's unable to return this week. I guess he's tentatively expected to return, but if he's out, you know, I'm going to be even lower on Gino um, and, you know, Seattle will probably lean on Kenneth Walker and the run game heavily again, like they did last week. So, you know, Gino's more of a QB two option this week um, either way, but um, you know, th- this final rank is certainly going to depend on the status of Tyler Lockett. Yeah.
0: It's, it's been, it's been a struggle for Gino, but uh, this is a tough matchup either way. Uh, I'm low on Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr really been struggling. I, I mentioned he got bailed out last a couple of weeks ago by that Cleveland Cole touchdown. That shouldn't have been a touchdown, but his numbers would look even worse. He's thrown for under 175 yards in two of the last three weeks. And uh, on the year he's kind of in the QB 15 range, but a uh, trending down. So, uh, you know, in this matchup, Derek Carr against the 49ers, uh, one of well, probably the best defense at this point, yes. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, cause Denver's kind of, bone off there so just not a spot I'm looking to have anything to do with Derek Carr here all right what are we doing for the prop
1: um so let's go with Trevor Lawrence um he's a tough projection right now because they face the Texans um you know obviously he'll be efficient but just curious how high you have projected um right now I have his passing yard set at 240 and a half are you over under that uh I'll go
0: over uh because look at Trevor Lawrence and I think the defenses he really struggles against are kind of more man coverage defenses and the Texans, uh, they haven't been allowing a ton of passing yards, but one thing they do is they do play a lot of zone. So I do think Trevor Lawrence can get over that one in this one in last game, you know, against the jets, he only had, I think 229 yards, but it was, he was lucky to get that many because, <laughs> you know, first of all, it was a good defense, but second of all the weather kind of deteriorated yep. as the game progressed. So I think in a, in a, a better matchup here against the 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 Houston Texans in a controlled environment. I think yep. I should be able to get over that number. What's our record
1: on uh, props? How how did we do last week? You
0: went two and zero, and I went one and one.
1: So okay, yeah, one game at a time. I'm probably down by like three now. Yeah, down by
0: like two two and a half two and a half. Oh okay. All right, let's jump into running back top right. five.
1: So I got Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, and Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I got Eckler, McCaffrey, Henry, Cook, and uh, Barkley.
0: Who are you high on?
1: Uh, So I'm high on Tyler Algier this week. Um, You know, he's my RB21. He faces the Cardinals this week. And last week, he took over as the Falcons lead back. Um, You know, he saw 18 carries for 73 yards. Also chipped in four catches for 43 yards. Um, So he led the way um, in early downs, goal line work, third down work, you know, with their season down the shitter now might as well just see what they have in the future. They already know what they have in Cordell Patterson. He's probably not going to have as big a role next year. So I think he's going to be really back next year. They're going to feature him these last two weeks. Um, this is a great spot against Cardinals. You know, the Falcons are home favorites. Um, so it should be a very run heavy game plan. Plus they allow a ton of receptions to running back. So that was, you know, good to see that he got four catches last week. I was saying Desmond Ritter, although he's been shaky, might, you know, put some life into Algier and Drake London. That's certainly been the case uh, in his first two starts. So I like Algier this week as sort of a low end RB two. I think we could trust him there uh, with this matchup. And then my other guy, uh, this is a little sneaky play. This reminds me of Chuba Hubbard last week, but it's uh, Michael Carter. He's my RB 35 and he faces the Seahawks. Um, you know, obviously Carter's going to dominate the passing down work, but, you know, he's going to benefit from Mike White potentially returning this week, as, you know, we know Mike White likes to check down to running backs a lot more than Zach Wilson does. Um, plus, Zonovan Knight has been really struggling these past couple of weeks, so we could see Carter mixing even more on early downs, maybe to spark, you know, the running game a bit, and Ty Johnson played a lot more than normal last week, and it looked like they had him as part of the, the Chris Stradler packages going forward like this week with Mike Whiteback. I don't think we're going to see as much Ty Johnson. So I think Carter's role is going to expand um, even more on early downs. So, like I said, similar to Chuba Hubbard last week, where he has sort of a high floor baked in and PPR formats, but he has, you know, sneaky high ceiling. If he does kind of see more early down work, especially against the defense like the Seahawks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, Algier call. That's the guy I had written down as well. You know, 59% of the snaps, Last week was his most in a game with Patterson active this mm. season. And uh, 40 touches, 253 yards, uh, and a touchdown over his last two games. And Arizona's allowing 183 scrimmage yards per game uh, over their last three and uh, five touchdowns to running backs over that span as well. So
1: I uh, really like Algier here. Who are you low on? Uh, I am low on Derrick Henry, actually. King Henry. Uh, he's my RB9 to begin the week. And you know, the Titans have nothing to play for this week. Uh it's all coming down to next week uh, for the AFC South against the Jaguars. Um, so there's really no reason to give Derrick Henry 20 plus carries on a short week, especially when they're they're 10-point home dogs. So it, it's probably not even a game script to give him that many carries anyway. Uh, and he missed yesterday's practice with the hip injury. It looks like he returned uh to practice, but either way, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, if he's limited here and we see more Hassan Haskins, but if he's active, you got to play him. So he's still in my top 10, but like don't expect a massive workload uh, this week. Um, and then I'm also low on Latavius Murray, a guy that I feel like I've been high on the past three weeks now, but um, he's my RB 43. And I hinted last week that if, if Chase Edmonds does return, um, that's definitely going to ding Murray. Because for Murray, it's been just all about dominating um, early downwork and passing down work, actually. So Edmonds returned last week, he saw 36% routes run rate to Murray's 40%, but have to assume Edmonds is going to see a much bigger role this week as they eased him back last week. So in a matchup where they're gonna be trailing against the Chiefs, uh, this could be a good spot for Edmonds um to see, you know, a lot more work in the passing game at Murray's expense. So this just isn't a really this isn't a good game script for Murray anyway. Um, so he's really off the fancy radar right now. So um, I would look for, uh, you know, someone else for your RB3 flex option this week. Yeah,
0: and Marlon Mack's still playing snaps as well. Yeah. He got about 15% of the snaps. I think five, four or five touches in that game as well. So yeah, five, four touches and a target in that game. So kind of using a three-man committee there. Uh, I'm low on somebody in that same game as Henry, uh, Tony Pollard. Uh, he's the ECR mm-hmm. RB 10. I-, I think that's too high. For one, Tennessee's number two in run defense. DVOA and it is a short week and and he's questionable to open the week with a thigh injury so uh, you know I think in this spot they could be a little bit conservative with Pollard as well and you know top 10 that's still pretty high Uh, I know he has a ton of talent but uh, he's still kind of splitting snaps here with with Zeke and uh, if he's banged up going against a good run defense I think top 10 is a little bit too high for Tony Pollard
1: yeah that makes sense don't want to risk a guy like pollard so i could see them giving zeke more carries or even like davis.
0: davis yeah yeah
1: exactly so yeah it's it, i think pollard still has the upside uh, but it's a tough matchup so i'm a bit lower as well all right let's go for
0: prop let's go with chuba
1: hubbard this week
0: nice <laughs> uh you know he as you you mentioned you know he kind of uh, drew even with De- deontay foreman but they both had monster games so <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed that hubbard is still ranked pretty low in ecr i think he's 41 rb 41 uh so I'm, let's go Chuba total yards this week uh, oh total yards okay from yeah total yards from scrimmage uh let's go
1: 53 and a half oh my god i have 54 i think since it, it's probably going to be more of a trailing game script i'll go over mm. uh just cuz his upsides in the passing game so that's the only re- but that that's a damn good line i'm off by a half yard but yeah i'll go over
0: yeah it's uh yeah him and foreman pretty much split snaps. so that's that could go either way so uh, it's going to be interesting yep this week uh all right let's jump to wide receiver who you got in the top five uh
1: justin jefferson jamar chase amon ross st brown number three uh and then Tyreek Hill and stefan diggs uh yeah i got jefferson hill chase uh adams and
0: diggs so don't have Amon mon Ram- that sounds kind of <laughs> sexy though maybe i'm <laughs> But uh you know diggs has been struggling a little lately and yeah. adams as well so yeah some of those guys at the low end of that top five are kind of it's kind of been shaky these last couple weeks but uh who are you high on
1: Uh, So I'm high on Corey Davis. Um, He's my wide receiver 44. um, And he and everyone else will get a boost, obviously, with Mike White potentially returning this week. But um, Corey Davis always gets a boost against zone defense, uh, teams that play a ton of zone, and Seattle plays the second most zone. Um, So like him, you know, he's probably more of a DFS play, to be honest. Uh, But in deeper leagues, you know, he's a solid wide receiver four option. So I'd like him in a deeper league. Um, And then I'm going with both Texans. Receivers Brandon Cooks and Chris Moore. I have them wide receiver 39 and wide receiver 40, respectively, uh, against the Jaguars. But uh, you know, with Nico Collins out, it's really just Cooks and Moore leading the way at wide receiver. Uh, and then they have their plethora of, of tight ends that they use. But hmm. um, you know, they see a pretty high target share as a result. And Cooks, you know, he surprised me. He returned last week, saw a 77% routes run rate, looked good. Um, I thought he just quit on the team for this season. So it's nice to see him back. Um, we could see his routes run rate jump up closer to 90% this week, uh, and he could provide, you know, wide receiver two value. He, he is that good. And the Jaguars is always a pretty good matchup. You know, they rank 31st uh, in DVO against the pass. Um, you know, they got lucky facing the Zach Wilson-led Jets team in the rain. So um, this could be a good spot for them to get torched by <laughs> Davis Mills. So um, I, I just think Cooks and Moore are kind of sneaky in that wide receiver four flex range uh, this week in deeper leagues.
0: Yeah, and uh I like that Corey Davis call as well. I'm actually hiring somebody in that same game, and that's Garrett Wilson. I think it's time to get mm. back on. Uh he's uh, the ECR wide receiver seventeen. I think he should be in the top fifteen. His he's got a sixty-three percent catch rate, uh, eleven point two yards per target, and uh six point seven percent touchdown rate with white, just fifty-eight percent catch rate, seven point four yards a target, and two point two percent touchdown rate with everyone else. So his you know his efficiency stats really take a huge uh, week with Mike White behind center compared to all these other Jet quarterbacks. You know, Flacco is still better than uh, Zach Wilson, but even Flacco, it hasn't been as good as it has been with Mike White. And Seattle, even though they got those cornerbacks, still 18th in DVOA against number one wide receivers. So I think Garrett Wilson will return to putting up uh, monster
1: numbers here. All right, who are you low on? Uh, I'm low on Adam Thielen. My wide receiver, 50. And really, he had rock bottom last week. He had a one catch for six-yard game through the air. Um, and just with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson playing at such a high level, you know, Thielen is clearly the odd man out. And it's, it's likely his age is catching up to him. Uh, this late in the season. So it's it's hard to trust him this week in a must-win week. Plus, they're playing the Packers. They'll probably try to scheme up ways to get Jefferson off of Jair like they did in the first matchup. Um, so Phelan could see more Jair just, you know, based on the matchup. So um, he is very hard to trust. He is way outside my top uh 40 right now so I would sit him um and then DJ Chark as well this is a little bit riskier because he's been he's been playing so good lately he's coming off a massive four catch 108 yard game um and he has an easy matchup this week against the Bears but that's kind of the problem is you know the Lions are forced into a pass heavy game script last week got through for 355 yards probably not going to be the case this week they should dominate this game um so Chark he's really just more of a boom bust wide receiver four um so if you're if you have him i would start him maybe if you're a big underdog and you want to tap into his ceiling but if you're a favorite you have to be careful because he does have a low floor he had a one catch for 18 yard game a couple weeks ago um so you just have to just understand he has a wide range of outcomes so depending on you know how your matchup looks um is how i would handle this but i have him really low he's my wide receiver 52 this week yeah, and, you know, the week before, I
0: mean, I know it was a tougher matchup, but only one catch for 18 yards, yep. so that kind of shows you his floor and uh, and ceiling. I'm low on Mike Evans, still a top 20 wide receiver in ECR. It's getting tough, you know, because he's, he's out there all the time, but no touchdown since week four, one yard game since week nine. It's like these guys out there running all these routes, but uh, he's not scoring, and he's not really getting a lot of – you know, big yardage numbers, even though he is kind of that downfield target. I think that's just because, you know, Brady doesn't really trust that offensive line. He's getting the ball out quick. And, you know, he's dropped off a little bit too, especially in, you know, some of the timing and accuracy with the with the downfield throws. So that's why I think we're starting to see, you know, Chris Godwin's been balling all year, but now that Russell Gage is healthy again, we're starting to see him come on and and overtake a guy like Julio Jones because, you know, Gage kind of fits more with what the offense is trying to do, which is just get the ball out of Brady's hands super quick. So, Evans, another guy, you know, kind of hard to trust these days. If you got him, you got to probably play him, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. I much rather play him as uh, you know, kind of on that wide receiver two three borderline than uh, and it's like a sure thing wide receiver two.
1: Yeah, it's great. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. Yeah, man. And he scored two in that game, of course. Yeah, it's rough. But
0: whew. it's uh, I think and the Panthers are the team that he dropped that long touchdown against uh, a couple of weeks after that, so he could have, he should have. Yeah.
1: Had but
0: uh, <laughs> what are we doing for the prop?
1: Uh, let's go Jahan Johan Dotson. Um, you know, a guy that has been sort of a touchdown dependent guy. He's just really good. Uh, so curious to see where you have his uh, receiving our projection. Um, but right now I have it at uh, 50 and a half.
0: Ooh, 50 and a half. Uh, I'll go, I'll go over. I think it, it's, I have it right around there, but you know, with these rookies, I feel like mm-hmm. they're just trying to target him more. So I do think he is kind of still a boom bust guy, but it just looks like Washington's making a concerted effort to get him more and more involved and kind of force the ball to him regardless of what else is going on. So at this point, yeah, I think, you know, like earlier in the season, I think Samuel was kind of the guy, they were kind of force feeding, mm-hmm. uh, you know, alongside McLaurin. And now I think it's, it's Dodson. So he's had 50, you know, 54 yards and three straight games. So that it could just be one, another one of these late season. I mean, it is one of these late season breakouts four rookies kind of t-
1: coming on strong here. So yeah, I'll go over. So since you have the over, would you rather have Carson Wentz or Tyler Heineke under center?
0: Probably Wentz, just because I feel like they, they end up a little more pass heavy with Wentz. I mean, both of them kind of take risks and, and so it's, it's, it doesn't really matter. Probably whatever. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I think, I'd, I think I'd still rather have Wentz at this point. Yeah. With, d- with, with with Heineke, they they were winning a lot more games and that, that mm-hmm. in itself can just lower the pass volume.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Dotson. I, Dotson's a first-round talent, so he should be QB-proof. And there isn't much difference between Wentz and Heineke right now, anyway. Uh, I was just curious if if that had any impact on your projections whatsoever. Yeah,
0: not. I mean, not massively, but yeah, I think <laughs> I'd rather have Carson. All right, let's go to tight end. Who you got in the top five?
1: Uh, so I got Travis Kelsey, T.J. Hawkinson, George Kittle, Evan Ingram, and then Mark Andrews, number five. How the mighty have fallen? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got Kelsey, Hawkinson, Kittle, Andrews, Ingram. Uh, so,
0: yeah, both same top five. Uh, probably probably end up switching it. I mean, I can see Andrews <laughs> dropping you. You could end up dropping even outside the top five.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, looking at it. It's, just uh, it's, uh, just based on recent play, at least. Yeah. I, every Ingram looks like just a beast right now. So that's why he snuck over. But, yeah, it's it's been brutal for Mark Andrews since, like, what, week four? Or week six or something? Man. All
0: right. Uh, who are you high on?
1: Uh, so Tyler Higby, he's my tight end nine. He came back to life last week. Um, you know the Rams went away from heavy eleven personnel. I don't. I don't know if that was more due to the blowout or just due to all the wide receiver injuries. But it was certainly nice to see for Higby. Uh, he went off for nine catches and ninety-four yards and two touchdowns. Had a seventy-nine percent routes run rate. Uh, probably would have been higher uh, if it weren't for the blowout. So um, like his upside this week, he he's seen a thirty-eight percent target per route run rate the past two weeks so he clearly has good chemistry uh with baker mayfield so um against the charges this week i think he's back inside you know being a top 10 option
0: yeah he'd be fine with, i mean the broncos man it just keeps getting oh. worse and worse <laughs>
1: i wonder if now that they actually fired hackett if they you know rally this week or something but that was just uh, one of the biggest implosions i've ever seen for a team yeah,
0: it's funny yeah, because I was I think they, they were my money dog pick on the on the action pod with Stucky and he and he, he, oh, he's, nice. he's been so hot on these money wine dogs. I think he's hit like <laughs> nine on, on the season, and he's like, nah man, there's no way the Broncos are gonna be like there's no way the Broncos are blowing this against the Rams. And I was like, I've seen it, I've seen this happen over and over, especially with Russ back in of course. Yeah. But uh yeah, Acres Higby, they balled out. I am high on on Evan Ingram. I just mentioned him, but yeah. I think this Houston matchup is great for him, you know, indoors, Houston number 22 and DVOA on defense against tight ends. And Houston also allows the fewest targets per game to wide receivers. So uh, there's something of a, you know, a, a tight end running back funnel kind of defense uh, that makes sense. They play a lot of zone coverage. That's what you usually see. You have to check it down a little bit more, hit some of the underneath stuff. So Evan Ingram has been balling 33 targets, 26 catches, 337 yards and two scores over his last three games alone. Uh, so I think he has to keep it up. Uh, I think he keeps it up at this point. So uh, g- love
1: Ingram this week as a top five guy. Uh, who you want one? Darren Waller. Uh, he's my tight end 16 against the Niners. And, you know, he he did have a good game. He managed to go uh, four for 58 in the rain, sleep, cold, whatever was going on in Pittsburgh. Uh, but he only had a 49% routes run rate. Um, and so that's going to be tough for him to, to maintain this type of production with that kind of usage and Devontae, you know only caught two passes for 15 yards so have to figure he's going to break out as soon as this week obviously and that's going to come at someone like waller's expense plus this is a brutal matchup against tight ends uh the 49ers ranked fifth in dvoa against tight ends. so uh, i think if you have waller and there's there's no better option you're like streaming you stick with him but either way i think you, need, you just need to lower your expectations so he's my uh, tight end sixteen this week. Yeah, and Matt tough matchup too. yeah I'm low on Juwan Johnson. I feel like I say this
0: every week, but <laughs> it's, it's when this guy doesn't catch a touchdown, I don't think he should be on that like you know tight end one two fringe. I think he should be like like a, term, like a clear tight end two because six he only runs around about two thirds of the time. He's averaging two point six catches a game, but he's caught a touchdown on nineteen percent of those catches. So when you don't get a touchdown, which is like eight, you know there most of uh most of his games he's not getting a touchdown or at least you wouldn't expect him to he has gotten a touchdown in quite a few but you know just based on his usage you would expect a touchdown you know 20 to 40% of the time and he's just not doing that you know in this matchup i don't think the touchdown uh, projection is that high so got to go uh, low on juwan this week just just not enough usage from week to week here to to justify putting him up you know close to the top 15
1: yeah, no, I agree with that. And uh, as always, he's a touchdown or bus guy, but the uh, tight end streamer pool this week is really bad and he's actually one of the top options. So in those cases, at least, you know, he does get the touchdowns occasionally. But if you look at um, the waiver, wire, it's, it's a brutal week for streaming tight end. So that's why he's probably going to be a popular ad this week, but certainly he shouldn't be inside uh, the top 15
0: Speaking of popular ads, let's go with Tyler Higby. Yes. For the prop. Uh, let's go receiving yards. Let's go 42 and a half.
1: Oh, man, I have it at 41. Um, so that's that's a good line. Um, and that's with like five catches. So I'll, I'll go at the under, but I, I do think that's a good line. Just that, you know, he has such a low a dot. Sometimes he can catch five or six balls and still be held under that. So I'll I'll, I'll go under here.
0: All right. And that is going to wrap it up for our week 17 NFL player projections episode of the action network podcast presented by FanDuel, For more great fantasy content from Sean and I be sure to check out our full fantasy preview episode out now over on the fantasy flex podcast channel. And if you're into betting, be sure to check out my weekly betting preview episode every Thursday with Stucky right here on this channel actionnetwork.com for all of our nfl fantasy and betting content and player projections as well as fantasylabs.com for our dfs tools and models uh find sean on twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. find me at chris raybon and find us at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app happy new year everybody let's get this money